Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. The first thing that the Lord does is not give you information. He gives you rest. Because he understands, watch this now, that you can't learn his ways if you're not resting. The reason that Jesus did most of his miracles on the Sabbath day was because it was the day when Israel was resting. He needs you resting. He, I heard Joseph, Joseph Prince say a powerful thing. Grace only flows to the worry-free areas of your life. If you're worrying and you're tied up and you're stressing, grace doesn't get there. So the first thing he does before he teaches you anything, because remember, these are not, these are not you're not going after or uh, learning like mental knowledge. You're going after life. It's not that I want to know more about money. I want to have more money. That's the analogy I'm using. That's the example between that and the music. I, I don't just want to know more. I want to, I want to be, it's one thing to tell me something. And Greg showed me this little lick today. Uh, you remember that, that, that starting on F, F, F sharp, A. Play that for me real quick. I haven't learned it yet. Played it in the context of a chord. Played it in the context of a chord. Okay, good. So you're going to hear me doing that sometime in the near future. I do a variation of it, but it's really sloppy, and I thought it was cool until I heard that. I got to learn how to do that. Now, the reason I'm using these examples is to be very practical with you. See, the, the, the thing with the Lord, here's where we've messed up. Your relationship with the Lord is jacked up because you have a head full of information, but your life is not doing anything with it. And it's only measurable when you're using it. If every time you put in a position where you can choose to do the Lord's thing or your thing and you do your thing, you'll never know how much you've really learned from the master. And he call, they call him the master. They call him rabbi. He was the master teacher. He never taught with, out of, outside of a context, outside of a story or a narrative. Every time Jesus taught a lesson when he was on the earth, he taught the people in the context of a story. So what he's doing in our lives, he's teaching in the context of a narrative. He's using this season of your life to teach you a lesson, and then in the next season he'll teach you something else. What are you learning from the attack? And it can't be I learned this about myself. And I learned this. But Pastor, I learned so much about myself. <laughs> you didn't get the lesson. And you know I learned about life? You didn't get the lesson. Here's what I need to know. What did you learn about the Lord? Because the more I say, here's what Jesus said. He, said. he said they've closed their eyes. They've closed their ears. And it causes their hearts not to understand. He said because the moment, listen to this. He said the moment they open their eyes and they open their ears to me and they, they, they give me their heart. He said I will come in and heal them. I'm going to come in and fix that situation the moment that they start seeing me and not it. Okay. He says, come unto me, all you that labor, you're struggling, and you have a heavy load. He said, I'm going to give you, the first thing, I'm going to give you rest. Number two, here's what he says. Yoke yourself to me. Go to verse 29. Yoke yourself to me. And do what? Now, here's what he said. He didn't say learn. He said, learn. He didn't say learn from me. He said, learn. 
So my goal is not to learn from the Lord, it's to learn of the Lord. I'm struggling with this personal God that wronged me and never apologized. Instead of saying, teach me how to forgive the unapologetic, show me you in this situation. Reveal yourself to me in this. And he comes in. And what he does is he enlightens your heart and he's not going to show you them. He's going to show you what he did for you. And he's going to build up his love in you. He's going to cause, he's going to show you how much he loves you. And then you will start to love him. Now when you look from him to them, it's not so hard anymore. You know why? Because you experienced the Lord and you got free. You, 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 you experienced the truth and it freed you to deal with them. I'm just going to pray about them. Don't pray about them. Pray about you. Go to the Lord and say, I want to learn of you in this situation. Show me you in this situation. And then when he shows me himself, when he reveals himself to me, now I'm so, I'm so caught up gazing at him and walking with him and him loving me and me loving him. Now when I turn to them, you know what? I don't need the apology anymore. Why? I have the Lord. Sometimes it's not that I need the money. I have the Lord. I was watching Gabby Douglas today. They were showing an interview that they did, all the, the final five, the, 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 the gymnastic team. And I, I keep watching. She's so awkward in that setting with them. And I start, here's what I started to pray for her. I said to myself, it came out of my mouth prophetically. I said, she doesn't see like them. The Lord broke her heart. God broke her heart for the sake of her future. He did it on the biggest platform. He broke her heart. And she's struggling. I can see, you can see the war that's going on. And, and, and uh, the, she was the four girls, and they met this guy that, that they all, all wanted to meet. And when he comes in the room, they're all giddy. And, they, and she's just standing there. She's trying to fit in. But it's not working for her. You know why? She's not called to that. What she, whatever God called, you keep, mark my words, it's so huge that God had to break her heart in this season so she'd be serviceable and usable in the next. The potter has a wheel. He builds the vessel. It fulfills a purpose. He, it becomes marred. He breaks it down. He builds another vessel to do. That God is such a genius at this. Lord, take my yoke upon me. You learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. You know, he's, no, he keeps talking about the rest. Look at verse 30. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. What the Lord is saying to us, he says, I need you to continue in me. Continue, continue. Until you become this disciple, the first thing is I'm committed. Uh, the, the disciple is a dedicated student who has committed himself to learning. Number two, the disciple is a dedicated student who has a relationship with the teacher and sees the teacher as a mentor. This, this is all. This is not Bible stuff. This is actually from the word. I study this word in the theological dictionary of the New Testament. It's a big old book. It, it's a study Greek words. Now, let me help you out with what this means. How do you see the Lord? Is he just the supplier or he's the one that teaches you how to live? He says, continue in my word. Continue in it. Keep going in it. The Greek word is meno, M-E-N-O. It means stay in it. Remain in it. When when you become disappointed, don't put it down. Pick it up. Search it. When you get tired and you you say, I'm too tired to read. He said, meditate on it. 
You, I want your relationship with my word. It, it, I'm going to show you the third point in a minute. Your relationship with my word has everything to do with me. Now look at this. So, so the second thing about this uh, disciple is that they have a relationship with the teacher and they see the teacher as a mentor. In other words, you say to Jesus, show me how to do this. Everybody say that out loud. Say, Jesus, show me how to do this. So the disciples saw John the Baptist teaching his disciples how to pray. They went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. He didn't say, no, you always want what people want. He didn't do that. That tells me if I go to the Lord now and say, you know what? So-and-so is doing such a great job with the gift they gave, that you gave them. And I don't even know what mine is. Can you show me what my gift is? What do you think he's going to say? It's so practical. But he's your mentor. You go to him, you say, Lord, um, I, w- I want to make an impact with my life. Let me tell you the prayer I prayed before I started this church. I said, Lord, I'm tired of just doing what I need to do to survive. I said, I was born for a purpose and I'm ready for it. Even if I'm not ready, I'm ready to be ready. And the next thing that happened was I got fired. (laughs) But it was that push that made me obey the Lord. Right now, you're trying to be secure, and God is trying to make you strong. Sometimes security and strength can't share the same space. Sometimes what has to happen is that God, you have to allow God to to put you in a position where you become strong so you can be secure. This is, okay, now, so, okay, so number three. So number one, a disciple is a dedicated student who has, a, who has committed himself to learning. Number two, uh, he has a relationship with the teacher and sees the teacher as a mentor. And this is the third part. And this is why I, had, I actually had Greg go to piano because it says a dedicated student who has an intellectual link or inner fellowship with the teacher through the teacher's work. That's what I, that's what I mentioned earlier. Whether it be a book, music, art. How many, how many readers do I have here? Okay. So Elaine, I know you're a reader. So just throw... Throw out the name of an author that you, you, you have read. Faulkner? William Faulkner. Okay, how many books of his have you read? Two books? Okay, do you kind of, can you kind of sense, you have a sense of his style from the book? So you can, you, so, so you can read a, a third or fourth book by him and say, okay, this book is in traditional William Faulkner style. Okay. So what happens is if you, if you get a person's work, uh, is there an author that every, whenever they put out a book, you're going to get it? Okay, so I won't tell you who to say who it is because we folk me say, Oh, you read that? Well no. Okay, so here's the thing. So so how many of you are music lovers? Is there is there an artist that whenever they put out a record, you're gonna do your best to get it? You know why? Because you have a relationship with it. And that's why when Prince died, bishops were weeping. I was with I was with Bishop Holcomb when Michael Jackson died. We were in New York, staying at Times in the Times Square uh, hotel, right in Times Times Square, and and I was with Bishop. I was standing there right with him, and he asked for a moment. I looked at the man of God, and he was weeping. So I kind of gave him a moment. I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, I thought that was deep." When we talked about it later on, we had buried his daughter a couple months ago, 
And Michael, and, and, he, and he, he grieved, but he really grieved when Michael died because that was another connection from his past. He, you see, what happens to us, you don't even realize, is we develop relationships with people through their work. We actually know, how do you, how do you know that, I, I listen to this music, you grieving for Prince like, he, like you knew him personally, we kind of did. He kept me company when my parents were at work. He didn't, he didn't keep you company, really his music did. And you develop a connection to him based on the music. That's what Jesus was talking about. He says, continue in my word. He said, if you stay in my word, what's going to happen is you're going to start to develop which is not an intellectual link or an inner fellowship with me through my word. You're going to actually, you're going to, watch this, you're going to actually um, experience things just by reading the Bible and going out to live. Just picking up the Bible in the morning as a regularity and just reading a portion of the, my word and, and praying it back to me and then going out into the day, you're going to experience me in ways that you never would experience me if you put your Bible down. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story. In stores now and available at all digital outlets. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. So I want to give you a couple of scriptures and actually I don't have to have a couple. I'll give you, let me just grab one. Now, can I do that? Okay. So look at, look at James chapter one, verse 22, James chapter one, verse 22. And this, and I want to leave you with this. So everybody look at me for a minute. I need you to talk to me for a minute. So how many of you consider the Bible a rule book? There are rules in the Bible. Okay. So, so the, when you read the Bible, and, you, and, the, and the Bible talks about you. What does it normally say? Good things or bad? Okay, let me rephrase the question. Your Honor, I want to rephrase the question. So, based on how you live, <laughs> when you read the Bible, is it a promise book or a rebuke book? Based on how you live. Huh? How many, how many of you say, well, I'm not saying well, mostly, don't say it's 50-50. How many you say, well, based on how I live, it's kind of a rebuke book. Come on, be honest, put your hand up. How many of you say, no, it's a promise book for me. Okay, that means, I'm, I'm, okay. Now, let me show you this. This is going to help you. When we read James chapter 1, you, do, you know this by heart. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only what? 
He said, if you're reading the word and don't plan to do any of it, you're wasting your time. Now look at verse 23. This is very interesting. He said, if you listen to the word and don't obey it, and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. It's like doing what? What does a mirror do? Talk to me. It shows you what? Now, here's what I love about the mirror. The, a mirror is not a, a camera with a selfie adjustment on it. It's going to show you you the way you look. There's, a, there's, there's some apps. You can turn the camera on yourself and it automatically adjusts. It fixes you up before you take the picture. The mirror is not like that. The mirror is painfully honest. So you get in the morning, you go, you, go, Ugh. you start fixing drunk, like, because that mirror is going to tell you, the, <laughs> that mirror is going to tell you look a fool. So baby, before you get married, you got to figure out a way to get you looking better in the morning, because he can't wake up and see you like that. <laughs> Brother will run for the hills. He see you looking like that. So you have, you have a little strategy. You try a little thing before you go to bed. I'm going to try to fix my hair like this. You wrap your junk up before you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Just pull that thing off and go. <laughs> so that hair, that hair could fall out and look kind of good, you know, because you know you be looking at fooling. That hair be looking like. <laughs> All right. I'm, okay. I'm wasting time. All right. Now I'm going somewhere. This is part of the lesson. I'm going somewhere with this. Watch this. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. It's like what? Everybody say the word of God. It's like glancing at my face in God's mirror. Let me tell you why this is so important. The next verse says, you see yourself walk away. And forget what you look like. Stop, don't move right there. Stay right there. The King James says this. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight will forget what manner of man he is. And here's how we used to preach it back in the day. It showed you the devil you were. Unworthy, rascal, wicked. That's what it says, right? Go back to the Living Translation. So, so we've been taught that as a mirror, the word of God shows me how ugly I am so I can fix it. If you could fix you, there was no reason for Jesus to come. Now watch this. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to see if you catch it. Look at verse 24. I want to get a running start. Verse 24. You see yourself. Everybody say, I see myself. You walk away, everybody say, I walk away. Forget what I look like. Okay. Say, say it now. Go back to verse 24. Everybody, make it personal. Say, I see myself. Say it with me. I, I walk away and I forget what I look like. Say it again. I see myself. I walk away. I forget. One more time. Somebody say, I ain't confessing that. Just say it. Come on. Say it. Ready? Here we go. I see myself. I walk away. James says that's the problem we have when we read the word. Is that we see ourselves, we walk away, and we forget what we look like. So the question now is, what do you look like? Verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, 
And if you say, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I look in the word. I walk away. I forget what I look like. He says, you look in the mirror. You walk away. You forget what you look like. Then the next verse he says, but if you look carefully into the mirror, the perfect law, that does what? What does it do? So he says, when I look into this mirror, it frees me. He says, I look at, I walk away from it, I close it, go about my business. He said, the problem is, you forgot what you look like in that mirror. And in the, in the mirror is the, is the thing that sets you free. So you know what you look like in the mirror? A free person. The issue, here's the issue with our, our problem with the word of God is this. Is that when we look into the perfect law that liberates us, it shows us the, the person that God made us to be. Hold up, I want to show you a scripture. I got to find this. Oh, we're going to be a little bit late. This going to be okay. If you, I want to find you something. I got to find it. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. I was studying, um, where is it? Colossians I got to find the scripture. Y'all, y'all forgive me. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I got to find the scripture. It's for another lesson. I was studying for another lesson. Uh, I'm studying for five different lessons. And, and it talks about, it's in Colossians chapter 1 verse 23. Let's go hunting. Y'all want to go hunting for a minute? Okay, put Colossians chapter 1. Okay, go back, go back to verse 20, 22. That's it, that's it. God, you're so good. Yet now, watch this now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, everybody shout as a result. Watch this now. He has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and you are blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So I open my Bible to Colossians chapter and the mirror tells me. That I'm already reconciled to him because of the death of Christ in his physical body. It says as a result of it, I'm already brought into his presence. I'm already made holy. I'm already blameless. And I don't have a single fault. That's what the mirror says. When I get up in the morning, I look in this thing. Verse 23. But you must continue to believe this. And you have to stand firmly in it. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you looked in the mirror. Boy, go back to James now. Let me ask you a question. How do you think God combats the struggle you're going through? The addiction. You know what we try to do for years? We start telling people, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're supposed to be saved. You know what we're doing? We're holding up a different mirror. We're trying to tell them that you're worthless because your behaving is wrong. We're supposed to tell them you shouldn't be behaving like that because that's not who you are. Once you become born again, the finished work of Christ is superimposed on you. And when I look at look at Colossians chapter one, it tells me it says, it says, "Listen, you've been brought into God's presence through the finished work of Jesus Christ." 
Right now you're holy. Right now you're blameless. Right now there's not a single fault in you. And you have to grow into that. So here's what it says. You see yourself. Then you walk away. You forget what you look like. I just showed you what you look like. Look at verse 25. It says this. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says. What did it say? Go back to Colossians chapter 1. Go back to Colossians Okay. So here's what it says. It says I have to do what it says. It says... Yet now he has reconciled you to himself. So if it says that, that I'm a, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to say, number one, I'm going to say, I am reconciled to Christ, I mean to, to God, through the death of, of Christ in his physical body. As a result, you're brought into his presence. Guess what I say? I've been brought into the presence of God. Watch this. He says, you are holy. I say, I'm holy. Watch this now. And when I'm put in a situation, when I, I have the choice of doing unholy things, I keep reminding myself, I am holy. He made me holy already. And holy means different. Watch this now. He says, brought into his presence, you're holy, you're blameless. That means can nobody say anything about me that's true? So when they come in my inbox running their games, I realize this is an attack on my blamelessness. The enemy's looking for something as a screenshot to put out there to say he's blameless. So I got, I got to play with the mirror. In other words, the mirror has to define me. Watch this now. As I stand before him without a single fault. And watch this. You say, well, Pastor, I do have a fault. Oh, you will see what you say, what God says. And the next verse says this again. I have to continue to believe this truth. That's the main thing. That's how I do the word. If I look into it, I, I say, if I look into the perfect law of liberty and I continue to do it, what I, I continue to believe this truth, what it says about me. I continue to stand firm in it and don't drift away from that assurance I receive when I read it. Here's what the Bible says. Go back to James 1.25. I love this. Here's what it says. It says in verse 25. But if you look into, the, into the, the perfect law of liberty, into the mirror that sets you free, if you do what it says, what I believe what, the, what God says about me, and I don't forget what I heard, God will bless me for doing it. I prefer the King James Version. Go to King James. Here's what the King James says. It says, you'll be blessed in your doing. Give me a different translation. Let me see. Can I get what I'm looking for? Here's what it says. It says, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing. And what's my doing? It's believing what he says about me. What's my doing? Believing what he says. What's, what's my doing? That's why I continue in the word. I continue in the word to see what my teacher, what my Lord says about me. Because whatever he purchased for me is mine. And I'm going to tell you something. And some days I don't look like what he says to me. But listen, I ain't going to forget what he said. Because what he said is the better version of me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Does this help you? Okay, so we're five minutes over time. I want to get you out of here tonight. So, so let's, I'm going to pick up the rest of it by the grace of God next week. Uh, and I, I pray that this helped you some. I help you some. And next week, what I'm gonna, or don't miss next week, what I'm going to talk about is, is how God will give you what seems to be irrelevant instructions from his word to deal with the situation you're in. He will, give you, he will tell you to do things. Right now, God is having you to do things. That, and you say, what does this have to do with that? It has everything to do with it. Right, you know, um, um, I'm going to say this real quickly. You could turn it up. Greg. I'm going to say something to you that's important. You need to start 
asking God to do the things for you that you struggle with. God doesn't love you less because you're addicted. He just wants you to ask him to set you free. You have to believe that he loves you enough to free you. You ever prayed a prayer like, I don't like the situation I'm in. I want, I want to know what it feels like to be free of this. And only you can free me. And I don't know how you can or how you're going to do it. I remember one time I said to the Lord, I said, I don't know how you're going to work this out. And I said to the Lord, and I have no way to help you. Because I'm in over my head. So whatever you do, for me, it's going to have to be all you. And what I didn't know was, that's what he was waiting to hear. Why don't you say, pray this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for your word that says I'm free. Because everything about my life says I'm bound. But your word is truth. You're not a man that you should lie. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.